0: This is Perspectives, the show where an examination of our many differences often shows us how much we have in common. I'm Condis Presley. Mother's Day weekend is coming up in about a week, and right about now, if you haven't already made those plans, you should be thinking about where mama gonna go and eat on Sunday. But the day before that something else we want you to be very, very aware of because every year our wonderful letter carriers with the United States Postal Service sponsor a nationwide food drive that will benefit area community food banks. And we have a number of awesome representatives from the National Association of Letter Carriers and the Atlanta Community Food Bank in studio with us today. It's actually a party. We should take some pictures. Cameron, take some pictures and send them to me so I can post them online, show how many people we can put in this teeny tiny studio. But uh, (laughs) I want to introduce to our audience uh, the guests in the studio. We've got Eric Sloan, who is the president of Branch 73 National Association of Letter Carriers. And most of these people are his people and his friends. Hello, Mr. President. Hey, good
1: morning. How you doing?
0: All right, and you've brought a couple of people with you. You've brought your assistant vice president, who is a coordinator for the food drive this year, representing and coordinating for the city of Atlanta, uh, Stephanie Matthews. Good morning. And then also we have Eileen Ford, who is with the National Association of Letter Carriers, but with a little bit more statewide responsibility for the the food drive. And she heralds from Roswell and Branch 4862. Did I get that right, Eileen? Yes, yeah, you did. All right she, good then. Morning. Uh, good morning. Good morning. And last but not least, because you're the benefactor of all this great stuff, we've got Lacey Manning. She is the senior corporate manager, and as I said, the benefactor of this great food drive. And you're here from the Atlanta Community Food Bank. Yes, I am. So did Thanks I get everybody's names and titles and and, and all the guests who are in the studio, every, all that's right. I got it? Yes. You got it. Okay, so silver anniversary, 25 years of collecting food, had, doing this letter carrier food drive coming up on the 13th of May. Mr. President, talk to us about the the letter carrier's commitment to doing this and, and sort of how that works for those of us homeowners and folks who get mail every day.
1: Uh, yeah, good morning. I want to say thank you, first of all, to WSB, Ms. Preston, for inviting us here, giving us the opportunity to... Uh, get the word out, speak on this uh, historic event. This is the uh, NALC National Association of Letter Carriers' 25th Annual Food Drive. The food drive is always the second Saturday in May. This year is May 13th. At that point in time, you'll have a letter carriers that'll be coming around, picking up food, donated food items that are hopefully you'll place by your mailbox. They'll pick the food up, and it'll be taken back to a location where it would be unloaded and it would be distributed to needed families throughout the state of Georgia. Last year, we collected uh, over 290,000 pounds of food. I'm gonna, At this point in time, I'm going to turn it over to Ms. Matthews to give you a little bit more uh, history of the uh, food drive. All
0: right, Stephanie. And before you even give us some history, uh, set some expectations for our listeners as for how you want us to package our donations for, to make it easier for the, the letter carriers to pick things up.
2: Okay, good morning. What we're asking from the uh, letter carriers, we're, we're putting bags in everybody's box. Uh, they're a paper bags. What we ask you to do is to donate canned goods or non-perishable items in that bag, place it by your box, and on Saturday, May 13th, when we deliver the mail, we'll pick that food up. And we'll take it back to the station and, and transport it to the food bank. Uh, what we're asking is that just donate what you have. If you have one can, two cans, whatever you have. If you, don't have, if you don't have a bag, place it inside your mailbox. We will also take it out that mailbox and take it back to the post office for uh, transportation. So Eileen,
0: I guess every little bit helps so if I 've just got one can and I stick it in my box you're going to bring me my mail you're gonna you're gonna recover the can and take it but is it, is it possible for someone to clean out the pantry and, and donate too much
3: that's not possible mm. <laughs> there's no. never there's never ever too, too much, much. Exactly. Um, food pantries all across the country, not just Georgia are in desperate need of food especially the springtime that time of year only because usually we find that donations from thanksgiving and christmas have been depleted and they rely on us the national association letter carriers in conjunction with the rural carriers to go out there and pick up food from our customers to help restock to get them through the summer um, a lot of children are out of school at that time and with a lot of school programs kids are off you know, given a meal at least one maybe two a day Without that being in place during the summertime, there is a desperate need for food. Um, We've also found that, you know, it's not just a kid issue anymore. It has escalated to the point where we've got uh, senior citizens that are asking for food assistance, as well as uh, military vets. We have seen the increase there. So anything we can get, especially during our food drive, it has a huge impact during the summer months absolutely huge impact. So, And that, that's where we really want to stress, please, whatever you can, whatever you can spare, stick in the mailbox.
0: Absolutely. Now, Lacey, if we're to believe the news, the economy has turned around. People are doing better. But what I'm hearing from our letter carriers is that, is that you all still have a, a tremendous need.
4: Absolutely. The need is incredibly high. It has not gone down. Although the economy has gotten better, what has occurred is there are so many people in our service area that may not have enough to feed their entire family or they may only have a part-time job, not enough to pay all the bills. And so they're making those difficult choices between do I you know, provide food for my family or am I gonna pay this bill, light bill, whatever it may be. And those are some really tough choices. One in four kids in Georgia currently are going hungry. And that is something that we cannot happen. And this program, Stamp Out Hunger, has been a huge, huge program for us. And it's a blessing that so many individuals in this great state of Georgia are jumping in and helping out. And the, like I can't stress how ne- the need is so high.
0: And Eileen, I imagine with seniors, I guess the choice is, do I go to the grocery store or do I get my prescriptions filled?
3: Exactly. Exactly. Even for some seniors who they're pets, they'll make sure... Their pets are fed before they have a meal.
0: Wow, talk about sacrifice. Yeah. Well, you guys have the support of the state. I see we've got this huge proclamation from the governor. Tell us about that.
3: Um, that is, This is our third proclamation, and, and um, I have to say we really appreciate Governor Nathan Deal's support on this. Um, it's something that um, Cameron Wade has also been able to secure in conjunction with us to get this done. And we are very, very grateful. Um, We also sometimes will have the AJC print this proclamation in the paper, so that way we have even more exposure and it gets out there that this is supported by our governor, and he wants all Georgians to participate.
0: And you guys are to be heralded because since 1993, this campaign, the Stamp Out Hunger Food Drive, nationally has collected more than 1.5 billion pounds of food distributed uh, throughout, gosh, ten thousand cities and towns in all fifty states, D.C., Puerto Rico, the Virgin Islands, all the territories, Guam, uh, eighty million pounds of food nationwide. And, and Stephanie, how much did
2: we say we were able to collect in the metropolitan Atlanta area last year? It was within the uh, metropolitan area. We collected two hundred ninety thousand pounds.
0: Is that a good number? Is that a, is that a lot? I, I know we've already said
3: statewide. It was it was closer to I want to say it was probably seven hundred and fifty thousand oh. pounds. I want to, in that area. So what we're striving every year, we try to strive and get higher and higher and get more and more. And um, we've been successful.
0: That's great. Yeah. So it's Sunday when people are listening to us now. So when we got our mail yesterday on Saturday, we should have gotten the bags in our mailbox.
3: In some areas. In some in, areas? Yeah, we're Absolutely. still delivering. Or even are through the delivering. week? Yeah, yes. there's delivering Absolutely. throughout the week. Um, I know in, in my city, Roswell, we are getting the bags out now. I believe city of Atlanta have, has already started theirs as well in some areas. Right. So it's it's going on every day this week.
0: Okay, so we want people to be on the lookout for the Stamp Out Hunger bag in your mailbox and we want you to make a donation of whatever you can out of your pantry. Again, non-perishable things. So, no, don't be cleaning out your freezer cuz nobody's right. going. Yeah, you clean mm-hmm. out your freezer, but that's going to the to the to the garbage people. But we want again, Stephanie, what do we want to make sure that we ask people we things want that will help?
2: Non-perishable and canned goods to be placed either inside the mailbox or at the mailbox, and we will pick it up on May 13th. And you guys will take that
0: back, and at what point does the food bank get it and put it into circulation to distribute to the pantries and all the organizations that you guys support?
4: We will, uh, the post office will deliver the food to us Saturday evening, and from that point, we will basically start distributing that food to all of our partners in our counties, in our 27 counties, uh, Monday we'll be able to start getting that food out as rapidly as we can. Again, with the need being so high, we wanna make sure we can distribute this food as quickly as we possibly can. And all types of food are needed, but peanut butter, low sodium, those types of products are really in high demand because it's something that families can really stretch and it benefits a large number of people.
0: Mr. President, you look like you had something you wanted to say.
1: I just wanted to say, like Lacy just said, the post office. Even though this is a, a NAOC National Association of Letter Carriers event, we could not pull this all by ourselves without partnering with the Postal Service. So I want to take a minute there, you know, say to say thank you to the post office. They helped with the man the work hours, the man hours. They help with the logistics, the transportation. So this has been a joint effort for 25 years between the NAOC and the United States Postal Service. So I want to take a minute and say thank you.
0: I appreciate your doing that. And between now and Saturday the 13th, if you haven't gone to the market, you don't have anything just yet in your pantry, no sense in uh, picking up a little something for the letter carriers, whether it's a a big jar of peanut butter or something that's a great canned good or non-perishable staple that'll help carry a family along for a little while. 25 years, you guys are to be applauded. Thank you very, very much. And congratulations. We'll see you with food at our mailboxes on Saturday, May 13th, for the National Letter Carrier Food Drive Day. Guys, thanks so
4: much. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank
0: you. All right, so now we're going to talk about something really cool that happened this week in our community. I want you to meet Sandra Richards. She's got a book. Yes, she's got a book. It is a debut picture book. She is the author of Rice and Rocks. And her creative talent and genius blessed many students this week in the Atlanta public schools. Sandra's an American-born daughter of Jamaican immigrant parents, and she wants her book, Rice and Rocks, to serve as an educational resource to families who are seeing to teach their children the value of heritage and the importance of cultural diversity. And we want to say hello and welcome to first- first-time author Sandra Rickert. I want to say hello and welcome to sandra richards sometimes i talk sometimes i don't (laughs) welcome it's so nice to meet you
5: thank you so much
0: so earlier this week in the city of atlanta you had an opportunity to go into one of the city of atlanta public schools and read your book why
5: well i think it's just more so sharing the story again um like i said being an educational and resource tool um to talk about diversity the importance of heritage and culture and plus, I love being around little kids. They're hilarious. They are so funny.
0: So tell me about your book.
5: So Rice and Rocks is actually based on a conversation um, that I had with my eight-year-old nephew, Giovanni, who's the lead character in the book. Um, and the book was written in his memory. He passed away in 2007 of meningitis. Mm-hmm. And so one of the ways that I was trying to think about to keep his memory alive. How old was, was he? He was eight years old. Oh, I'm so sorry. Thank you. And in his short eight years, he's definitely impacted not only our family but you know people in the community and you know next door neighbors and other kids that it was important to me and important to our family to um not his let his eight-year memory go away and so one of the things i thought about is i always think about the conversations that we had giovanni was very curious imaginative um, and very funny Um, and rice and rocks is one of the many stories we talked about so his friends are coming over for Sunday dinner. Tell us more. So his friends are coming over for Sunday dinner and grandma uh, makes um, rice and beans, which is one of the Jamaican staples on Sunday dinners. And he wants grandma to stop the tradition because he's afraid and embarrassed um, that his friends are not going to like rice and rocks because he thinks in his mind only Jamaicans eat rice and beans on Sundays. Um And the fact is that he called Rice and Beans Rice and Rocks, hence the title of the story, because he said the beans look like rocks to him. (laughs) And so he will pull the beans out of the rice. And only eat the rice. And only eat the rice.
0: (laughs) So congratulations to you. Rice and Rocks is an award-winning finalist. In the children's picture book hardcover fiction category of the 2016 Best Book Awards, it was named to a list of the top 120 recommended African American culture books by the AALBC, which stands for the African American Literature Book Club. Uh, Your book illustrated, of course, because this is for kids, what, five to nine years old? Five to
5: nine, Yeah. So
0: uh, who did your pictures? Who did your illustrations?
5: So a young lady named Megan Sullivan, um, first time doing a... We did this debut the same time together, her first time doing a picture book, um, and met her through a friend at Morgan Stanley.
0: Now, how does Morgan Stanley figure into all of this?
5: Morgan Stanley... um, supported the book by making a donation to First Book. as um, an organization that um, supports um, schools and local communities by offering kids their first book. Um, and so we had the chance to work together and collaborate on doing something really special in Atlanta, where we provided 1,500 copies of the books um, to the kindergartners in Atlanta public schools. Oh, what a wonderful donation.
0: So tell me a little bit about your creative process. I know now you've said that you wanted to celebrate your nephew's memory. So that's why you share this story. And it's told essentially through his eyes. It's a children's book. So it's a children's book. Mm -hmm. How hard was it for you to get it just the way that you wanted it?
5: It was pretty um, hard because... Because, you know, a kid's book isn't... Don't be that thick. And and I learned about the... And not that many words on a page. Yes, because typically reading the standards, a thousand words or less for a picture book, at the time my manuscript was about 2,500 words. Oh, my. So I had to go through rounds of editing myself and then also having three rounds of professional editing just to get it down. So now it's 996 words, just under 1,000 um, but that took about three years really, to do that because we also went back and forth about um, the, the the bird in the book, Jasper, was quite comical. Um, and he had a lot more jokes in the book than he has now. And, you know, we had to talk about we had to put that on the cutting room floor because that has taken us away from the story. And so we needed to stay focal onto the story. They also wanted me to take the dogs out of the book. And I said, no, the dogs are important. So we all went back and forth about what was important in the story. Of course, staying true to the essence of the story, but other things that make the story fun, um, some of it we had to take out to get right to the point.
0: I know you've read your story to kids here in the Atlanta public schools, but I know you've done it in other cities before because little people are just so much fun and they're so wonderful. Uh, Take me back to, to a time when, what is it like to sit in the classroom you know, in the chair with all the kids on the floor, probably on, on the carpet around you and, and you're reading and they are looking. And how, how is, is that, is that, was that your experience?
5: It's a, um, it's a humbling experience. Um just to, for the kids to be so excited, to be hungry, to hear what you had to say. Um, and the thing that I love is that they start telling me their own traditions, whether I have kids that tell me, you know, we pray before we eat. Um, we also, we also eat rice and beans or I love pasta um, and so they start telling me about their own stories, not realizing that they also have their own family traditions. They're just like, oh, I like to eat. And some of them, of course, the older ones know that that's their culture and family. But some of them was like, oh, we eat rice and beans all the time. Um, or some of them like, I don't like rice and rocks either. Um, and that's fine, too. Um, but they tell me the other things that they love. So they start to have their own identif- identifying moment with their family's heritage and culture
0: so you didn't have to worry about well you probably worried about holding their attention but it was a misplaced anxiety
5: absolutely i i mean i sometimes the teachers have to cut me off um they were having great. having a fun time and just talking about places you want to go like in the book we go to new orleans puerto rico um and japan and I say who's been to puerto rico and they're like me who's been to japan no one says it and they're like who wants to go to japan and they put up their hands and then we start talking about other places they want to go so they start to take the books, and and also they start talking to me about the other books I should write. So they give me a lot of ideas. That was my—you
0: anticipated my next question. I said, mm-hmm. now, from this, you picked up on any ideas for what your next children's book might be.
5: Yes. So I'm still thinking about another version of Rice and Rocks and more so focusing on the music end of it because in the opening of the book— um, Giovanni is playing the trumpet and later in the book in New Orleans, he gets to go to the statue with Louis Armstrong, who he happens to admire. Um, so taking the music part of it, because as we talk about schools and arts and music still not being in the school systems as today. So trying to figure out how can I infuse the love of music um, back into this and the story. So that's the one. And also the dogs are going to have their own story. Sky and Honey are kind of funny. And I actually own Sky and Honey. They're real dogs. Um, and so they have their own story. And that it's about walking through the neighborhood and who I get to meet because I walk them um, every morning and every evening, the different people that I get to meet in the neighborhood that I didn't even think lived in my neighborhood. Um, and through their dogs, we get to connect. So there's going to be something there with Sky and Honey.
0: And you're very much about culture and connecting people, aren't you?
5: Yes, very much so.
0: So now you are you, are you transitioning out of your regular nine-to-five into full-time author?
5: No, the beauty is that um, Morgan Stanley being where I am is certainly embraces, you know, you being your authentic self. So they welcome you being if you're a marathon runner, author, you bake cookies on the weekends. Um, I think that's it's that's the I love the company because it loves it allows you to be who you are and 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 bringing your whole self to work Um, and not having you never feel like you ever have to separate the two. Um, so that's a good thing, so I don't see separating and plus that's what kind of what I do um in my day job anyways, focusing on diverse and multicultural marketing among other things. so it gets me allows me to marry both of the things that I love to do. so you're just totally enjoying the best of both worlds uh, absolutely.
0: <laughs> Did you have any doubt that the book would be the successful or well received by adults and children
5: alike? Um, there was a little doubt until. I started, what started sharing the manuscript to a focus group. So I had a lot of my colleagues who had kids and I was just giving them the words to read um, and how they fell in love with the story without even seeing the pictures. Um, that gave me hope because I'm like, oh, well, this has no like pictures to it. It's not showing. But they were able to use their own imagination. And it was funny. A lot of them said, you should just go straight and make this a movie. And I'm like, well, thank you so much, Um, but I'm focusing on a book right now. Um, I don't have a movie deal, so it was, um, that gave me hope before I went, like, any further, was that um, kids that I knew and didn't know uh, was giving real great feedback.
0: And again, it's, I sense also very important to you when we talk about culture and helping children embrace and appreciate the culture from which they come, that this is a story about a boy with a Jamaican family and yeah. the Jamaican culture, and having kids in our schools today do the very same thing for themselves.
5: Exactly. So it's um, it's been really rewarding to see how um, kids are even talking about their, I mean, talking about Africa and, and even talking about national birds. It's so much to talk about in the book. You have food, you have culture, um, you have... Um, going to visiting, traveling, going to different places and then getting to meet the national bird of each place. And so at one point we actually took out a book and we were looking up and physical book because the teacher happened to have this book in there and looking up with the different places and like, well, what's the national bird of, you know, um, South Africa? What's the national bird of of Los Angeles so we like it inspired them to start wanting to know more
0: love making kids inquisitive and wanting to learn and know more that's great so if folks are listening and all the 996 words under that 1,000 word recommended (laughs) limit for children's books Sandra Richards, if folks want your book or if there's some great benefactor out there who wants to, you know, buy several boxes and take them to a school and give kids an opportunity, uh, you know, an opportunity to read, especially as we get into the summer and the summer reading time. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but that's how I spent my summers as a little kid in that book club and making sure that I got all those books read before I went back to school. How do they how do they get a copy of of the book
5: so you can visit my website sandralrichards.com or just to simply email me is sandra at sandralrichards.com for any bulk orders and the book is available on amazon.com barnes and nobles but the thing that i also love to say is it's also available through your local independent bookstore so if you want to support a local business you can go in if they don't happen to have it you can order it and they will certainly be able to get a copy for you the book is Rice and
0: Rocks. The author is Sandra L. Richards. Congratulations. Such fun. Thank you so much. I'm so happy for you. We look forward to seeing you again with the series of books apparently that we've got coming in this uh, in this in this genre.
5: Yes, thank you.
0: Perspectives is a half hour we produce with you in mind. If there's something you think we ought to be talking about, let me hear from you. Tweet me. My handle is condo 29 on Twitter or leave a message on our Facebook page. We do appreciate your listening and hope you'll be back next week at this same time as we examine another perspective.